Welcome to Milo Time, where we dive into the list of things that Milo loved and spend some time with my beautiful, amazing, awesome, fantastic boy, Milo. Welcome to another episode of Milo Time. Daryl Kessler along with Lisa Cohen. Hello. Lisa, it is wonderful to be joining you in your studio on the Upper West Side of Manhattan for the first time. <laughs> My studio, a.k.a. Henry's room. <laughs> Henry's room, which is doubling as a studio and doing a damn fine job of it, I must yes, say. Yes, it's, it's, it's pretty well set up for this. I think, you know, maybe we start renting it out, make some cash. Sure. I'm hoping our dedicated <laughs> listeners won't notice any difference at all in the sound quality, but please let us know if you do. Tell Daryl, not me. <laughs> Don't tell Lisa, that's right. <laughs> so the other thing I do want to mention is that Lisa, in addition to being an extraordinary co-host, a great friend, uh, a technological savant, a great eh, comedian, a, a producer, all those things. Um, she's tremendously savvy with uh, things like Instagram and has been dragging me into the 21st century. <laughs> 20th, really, uh, 20th, but you know, go 20th, with, All right, well, for me, it seems like <laughs> incredibly uh, futuristic. But as some of you already know, the Milo Time podcast is now on Instagram as well. So I'm going to ask people who well, are listening. May I correct you? Yes, please. No, please. <laughs> there is an there is a new Instagram account called Milo Time Podcast. Right. So I already have said it wrong, but <laughs> you can't listen to it on Instagram. You can't there listen is to a... it on Instagram. That's right. I'm, <laughs> that's correct. So you can follow the Milo Time Podcast Instagram page at Milo Time Podcast. Yes, that's sort of a really awkward old way to say it, but. There you have it. It's, that's important information because you're adding great uh, detail to every episode. So it's organized by episode of the podcast. And <clears throat> because basically a, a few weeks ago, Daryl sent Dave a picture from the Wekko game of, of he and Milo at, you know, in Philly at the Wekko game. And it was so nice to have that visual to go along with the phenomenal story. So, um, I encouraged you to do that for all the episodes. And now there's a little bit of, you know, a visual to go along. I mean, I would say people should listen to the story first and then go back uh, to the Instagram and check out uh, some of the visuals to go along. It's right. And increasingly that Instagram page is referring back to the episode. So consistent with what Lisa said, listen first, come to the Instagram page for more detail, more photos, video, et cetera. And to be reminded of when there are new episodes up. So Absolutely. it's promotional as well. And then in addition, Lisa has taught me the concept of a link tree, <laughs> which also exists on that Instagram page. And if you go to the link tree for the Milo Time Podcast Instagram page, you will see links to a number of things, music mixes from Milo, the video of Bobby Cannavale, um, reading Milo's monologue, performing Milo's monologue, um, the podcast itself, and some other ditties all in the, the link tree. Milo's letterbox, if you want Milo's to read his reviews. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So a lot of good stuff. And I have to thank Lisa again for her, again, technological savvy. <laughs> um, for a fellow old, it's very impressive, Lisa. Very, very <laughs> impressive. So as our listeners know, uh, on this show, we look at the list of things that Milo loved. Lisa picked something out and off we go. So I'm wondering if anything, Lisa, that you see today is of interest to you. Yeah, today I'd like to do Kansas City flag football. Kansas City, you don't get enough football in your life. You want to hear about flag football, too. It's, uh, well, I'm happy to oblige. Very, very happy to oblige. So there's a lot I can talk about on this subject. 
Um, so flag football is a relatively new phenomenon in Brooklyn and I think all over the country. For years, if kids wanted to play football, they either played tackle football or they would play, you know, sort of pick up football with their friends, but there was no other option really. And when Milo was about six years old, Max was about eight, the concept of flag football started to gain traction. It was played in the fall. Um, Typically, kids who didn't want to play soccer but wanted to play a sport in the fall would play flag football. That clearly defines both Max and Milo. They were very interested in flag football as soon as it became uh, available in the neighborhood. Um, Milo played from the very first year that he was eligible to play, and consistent with the suggestion of the local youth sports organization, the 78th Precinct, which we've talked about in past episodes, the idea was for youth intramural sports, for it to be not an opportunity to just get together with your friends and have coaches build these super teams, but to throw your name into a draft, get drafted, meet new kids. It was supposed to be a social exercise, et cetera, et cetera. Well, of course, that's not the way it worked. Of course, immediately parents, almost all dads were trying to build teams and team up their kids with their friends and make sure that their friends invited this great athlete who they knew, et cetera, et cetera. And when the kids were growing up, I coached basketball, soccer, baseball, flag football, primarily, truly, as a defensive measure, just to make sure that (laughs) the coach that they had was not going to be a bigger jerk than I am. Um, And I never fancy myself some great coach, but I did think that I had an understanding of the role of youth sports for these kids. So I did, over time, coach Milo in flag football, but not initially. So he, for a number of years, played flag football, threw his name into the draft, and by and large, his teams weren't very good. Um, But he had fun, and he really, really liked it. And he became a pretty good flag football quarterback. Uh, It is not surprising to learn that Milo wasn't a very uh, fast runner. I think we've talked about that before. So wasn't a great receiver, even though he was a really, he had really good hands and was really good at catching the football. He just wasn't fast. He wasn't particularly quick. Um, And he was a really good flag football quarterback. Now, when I talk about flag football again, I would always talk to the boys about the fact that when anyone ever wanted to talk tough during a flag football game, just remind them that the reason they're playing flag football is because their mommies and daddies wouldn't let them play tackle football. So that was like- You're not so tough. Right, you're not so tough. That was the baseline. That's why they're here. So there's sort of, let's not be delusional about what's going on here. In some ways, this should just be really fun because there's not really professional flag football that I'm aware of. The one sport, parents should not be delusional that their kids are going to become professional. Let's go out there and have fun. Milo did have fun- as a drafted player on a team for a number of years, did become a good quarterback. But near the end of his flag football career, he kind of said to me, you know, would it be possible to join this other team where so many of his friends had played for a couple of years, and yet here he was out in this draft and sort of out there on teams with random kids, which was terrific in its own way for some years. But as his 
sort of flag football career was winding down, he asked, could he join his friends playing for the Kansas City flag football team coached by our great friend, Donald Viscardi. So a couple things about that team. One, it included Donald Viscardi's son, Matt Viscardi, who's one of Milo's great friends, who I have said, literally the flag football league MVP award should be named after. <laughs> I, he, there have been many great athletes and players who have come through this flag football league. Again, it is just flag football. But Matt played from when he was first eligible through when he was no longer eligible and was just so fast and so quick and so terrific. I lobbied the commissioner, like they should name an MVP <laughs> award and they should name it after Matt Viscardi. That's one thing. The second thing is it included a handful of Milo's really best friends. So it included not only Matt Viscardi, but it included his friend James Grayson, who we've mentioned before, who joined Alana, Max, Milo, Lacey and me in the Berkshires over COVID. Also, just a phenomenal athlete, just a great athlete. Everything he did um, was really, really good at. And some of his other great friends who were also just really, really good athletes, Jacob Friedman, Eli Schiffman, Ben Muchnick, and Charlie Naxon, all of them, I could go on and on about each one of them. Not only do I like them all so much, but they were all such good and capable athletes in their own way. Some of them were big and strong. Some were just capable of doing just about anything. So Milo joined this team his next to last year of eligibility. And Milo was the quarterback on the team, in part because he was a good quarterback, in part because it accentuated his strengths and sort of minimized his his weaknesses. And that team went on to win the championship, and then they played again the next season, and they won the championship again. Again, nothing great to celebrate, a local flag football championship. But it was such a fun experience and I know I told the story at Milo's service about an exchange I had with the commissioner of the league who said to me multiple times, you know, I don't get your son. <laughs> He's been quarterbacking in this league now for four or five years. And all these other quarterbacks are these alpha dog boys who scream and yell and by and large, are, are very good and very athletic. And your son, I don't, I literally don't know what his voice sounds like. <laughs> and he just kind of lopes around. And yet his teams are invariably good. And he's just a really effective quarterback. And I, I'm not saying this to suggest that he's some phenomenal, 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 once in a generation flag football quarterback, <laughs> but he really was very good. And his style was very atypical. I mean, it goes to his uh, strategic yes. side, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. he can he, he sees a few moves ahead, and he's and he doesn't get like overly worked up about anything, and that's a great way to lead, you know. I think that's right, and I think I told at his service the follow up to that when I told Milo that the commissioner, who I will not name, said that Milo's response was. I'm not surprised that he doesn't understand, hmm. um, which I thought was a great response. He, Milo wasn't going to defend himself. He was, I think, saying, I'm not surprised that he doesn't understand how I can be good and not at the same time be the type of kid that he thinks right. is a good quarterback. And I thought that that was a really clever uh, response in a nutshell. Um, but the other reason that this is on the list, uh, there are a couple of things about that Kansas City flag football team 
that are noteworthy and two plays again i know i feel like in a lot of these episodes i'm saying if i close my eyes mm. i can remember but there were so many nights when we were standing at the fields and things went down that now when i close my eyes i can literally envision them and one of them was during a random game um, nothing particularly special about the game except one play and James Grayson knows this. I've talked to him about this since Milo died. There was a play where James, again, the super athletic wide receiver, uh, just ran a route as fast as he could down the field. And Milo was scrambling. And I was watching Milo and I heard James, again, one of Milo's great friends, just yell, Milo, Milo, <laughs> like calling for it. And Milo barely looking up and just rearing back and throwing the ball as far as he could and it was virtually the length of the field. And James ran under it and it hit him in stride as he crossed the goal line. It was a touchdown. Perfect. And it was just, it was just beautiful. It was just a beautiful uh, pass and a great catch and just a wonderful connection. And again, when I close my eyes, I can really think about that. The other is in one of the championship games, they were playing a team and um, Milo had thrown an interception in the first half, his team was winning and it looked like they were going to win the game. They were up by a score or two. And then he threw an interception that got taken back for a touchdown. And in flag football, one thing you never want to do is throw an interception because they often end up in pick sixes, a touchdown going the other way. So that kind of made the game close again. And it was near the end of the first half. And this went from looking like a game they were definitely going to win to a game that maybe was going to be tight. And they got the ball back before the half ended. And I remember Milo, I didn't know at the time, but he called for a route where someone ran down the middle and then ran towards the sideline. And I remember he stood back to throw it. And as he was throwing it, someone was cutting a defender to get in front of his receiver. And I thought to myself for a split second, oh my goodness, he's going to throw consecutive pick sixes and this game <laughs> is going to be, you know, right back up to a toss up. And he threw the ball so hard that it went like right through the defender's hands, right into... Matt Viscardi's hands, Matt caught it like in his fingertips by the sideline, turned and ran up the sideline oh, for a touchdown. So good. And I mentioned it not because I'm suggesting that there was this great quarterback in our midst, but because it's one of these things that when I close my eyes, I can see that pass. I can see Matt on the sideline and I can see my own face almost from outside <laughs> saying, don't throw that. <laughs> and he threw it and it was a beautiful throw. It's also, um, I mean, it's it's great that you that you can see it. Uh, uh but I feel like it speaks to his friendships and his ability to like connect mentally. Um and and not obviously he was not telegraphing anything. He wasn't freaking out or whatever. He just has this like steady like I'm not worried about the defender. Yeah. It's going to go. Yeah, <laughs> and and he did have a great connection with all the boys I mentioned. On and off the field, of course, but I think the connection off the field helped on the field. They didn't just practice together when they would have practice for a half an hour before the game. These are kids who grew up together, mm -hmm. knew each other, respected each other in a proper way, and I think knew that the consequences weren't that great. So if he had thrown another interception, it's not like there's going to be a bunch of kids on the team. He would have been upset, but it's not like there's a bunch of kids on right. the team who are going to come down on him. Right. The only other thing I do want to mention about the Kansas City football team and Milo's service is that after I told that story about the commissioner at Milo's service, his friends from Camp Starlight, who we mentioned in a recent episode, came over to me, and I found this incredible. They said, 
you know, we played flag football for years at camp, and Milo never said that he was a quarterback. Ah. We had no idea that he played quarterback for his home flag football team. What do you think that was all about? And I don't really know what it's all about, and I want to invite his friends from home, his friends from camp, to join me this summer on episodes of Milo Time, and we can talk about exactly what that was. To me, it was just that sort of... I'm not going to pat myself on the back. If someone notices that I did a good job, then maybe eventually I'll play quarterback here. There were so many good athletes at that camp, but they had no idea. And this was a right. skill. Like if it were me, yeah. I would have been like, you know, pick telling me, everybody. Yeah. I would have been, uh, you can't believe how good I am at this. And Milo was the the last person to sort of toot his own horn, even when they were playing a sport Kids at camp knew that he was a good athlete. You know, not he didn't stand out among these all these really good athletes. He was a good athlete, but never would sort of volunteer himself in that role. But if the role had sort of presented to himself, presented it to him organically, he would have jumped mm-hmm. at it. And mm-hmm. um, these were among some of his best friends, and it really says something about him. It's one of those things I'm not quite sure, and I was really surprised to hear it. And I invite any one of those boys from home or from camp to. Think about chime that. in. Let's yeah, hear chime it. in. Please yeah. do. Well, that's all the ep- time we have on this episode of Milo Time. Please join us again when we one more time look at the list of the things that Milo loved. Thanks for joining us.